Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Hey, I got to ask you a question. And, and as you can see, we're back in the studio and I'm, I'm loving it. We've, we've done some shows on the road. Background's been a little different. Mike's been a little different, but back in the studio and I, it, it, you know, reunited and it feels so good, but I got a question for you. Have you ever met an EQ gangster? If not, you're going to meet one today. As you can see now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind him, he is a member of the EQ mafia. So again, you know, we, we, we have, we have, Stepped into the EQ underworld today for this podcast, <laughs> but you can go to his website, eqgangster.com, E-Q-G-A-N-G-S-T-E-R, eqgangster.com, or you could just stick around for a little bit and listen to this conversation with Noble Gibbons, who joins me on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Noble, what's good? How you doing today? Big B, it's good to meet you, man. Thanks Big for B, yeah, me. I got it on my shirt, man. Well, as we record this, listen, as we record this, I am a lifelong Cincinnati Bengals football fan. People that listen to this podcast know that that this season has been a magical carpet ride, and I have some other calls uh, later today, and so I thought, man, I'm going to rock this out, you know, kind of dress it up a little bit with the orange collared shirt underneath it, but you know, I feel like I should be doing like Bengals game plan or something like that. I feel like I should be, be doing a show where I break down tomorrow's matchup with the Tennessee Titans. But but instead, we're going to have a great conversation with with you today, Noble. And so, man, let, let's start here. And I've started every podcast here for the, for the last foreseeable future. And that is this. We are in some unusual times right now. We've been in unusual times for about the last couple of years. I know what it's been like for my family and I, for people that live in my state of West Virginia. We have 1.8 million people. But I want to know what it's been like for you the last couple of years. We will get through this pandemic. I have no doubt that we're going to come out the other side. But what's one lesson that you've learned either professionally or personally or spiritually the last couple of years? that you took out of this time that you're going to carry forward once this thing's over with develop 
create and continue a consistent emotional fitness program. If, if, if you do not have an emotional fitness program, especially over the past two years, and especially going forward, I strongly encourage you to begin one. My emotional fitness program over the, over the last two years has been absolutely critical uh, in my in my journey. It's impacted every area of my life, my faith, my family, my parenting, my finances, my fitness, every area. So that'd be my biggest thing is 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 develop an emotional fitness program. You know, I got to jump in here early in the conversation because again, you 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 just you hit something there because I know people are going to say and I kind of felt that invisible tap on the shoulder here. People are saying, "But wait a minute, you mean I don't need to get my body right? I don't need to, you know, I, I spent money on a personal trainer, Noble. Come on, man. You know, I, I, I did the New Year's resolution where I was going to dive into the keto diet and get a personal trainer and show up at the gym. And, you know, we we forget the mind has to be fit before the body gets fit. And I think a lot of times in our society, Noble, we've gotten that concept backwards, right? So take me through how a person how a person figures out their emotional fitness. I think that's beautiful what you just said to lead off the show. So so th thank you Brian. So uh you know there's there's a couple couple things here, a couple principles. Uh so I read a book by Peter Scazzaro. He wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and the subtitle to the book was it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And I had zero emotional awareness four years ago. I was the emotional clue bus drove by my house for many years and I just waved at it. Never had an idea. I was emotionally clueless, no concept of feelings and emotions. And, you know, because I developed it in, in my family of origin, which all of us, by the way, develop our emotional foundations in our childhood. And Every single person leaves their childhood with some sort of emotional baggage, even if you had leave it to beaver parents. So yeah, because I mean, I, you know, I, I look at that situation and I say, well, you know, I, I had a mom, dad, great, you know, great family unit system. I mean, man, if I wanted to entertain myself, I went outside and if I didn't have anybody to play ball with, I just played ball myself or in my room or something like that. Like I, I found ways to keep myself entertained and things like that. And I know that's not everybody's childhood, but when you think about that and, and it tying into encouragement, and I think that's so beautiful, Noble, because we, a lot of people talk about the things that they repressed as a child, right? They, you know, they, you hear a lot of people say, well, I didn't realize until I got this in order, I had this life event or something like that, that I was carrying around this baggage and it, and it affected me. And I was just pushing it aside. And I, and I had a guest on recently that told me that, you know, man, I just pushed it aside and pushed it aside and pushed until I couldn't push it. And they had been sexually abused as a child. And they just kept put, beating it back and beating it back and beating it back. I love what you said about those things shaping us as we get into adults. And we have to, we, we come to that point with fitness where, you know, we have a heart attack, a stroke, or you go to the doctor is like, man, you're going to die if you don't lose weight, which was what happened to me in 2008. We don't take the same stock though, in our emotional 
well-being and things like that. Talk why talk about why in your experience people fail to to really dive deep into their emotional fitness. Is it they're afraid of facing those things or is it just laziness? Like, you know, what what is it? Yeah, so so a, a couple things. So and I don't want to forget about the your first question about what is an emotional foot fitness program look like, but to answer your this most recent question first, you know, especially our generation, uh, how many well how many people period in 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 our country have been trained on how to identify acknowledge identify manage and process our own emotions? Ninety nine percent of people have not ever, but we all have emotions and feelings it's like blood type right you can't even my logic people might well i'm just i'm very logical yeah. every single person has emotions but how many of us have been trained on how to use how to read how to identify how to process right so so very very few people so for me my deal was i i, I had no awareness of feelings and emotions i grew up in a house where my my mom is a four foot ten little hispanic lady my dad was a big giant white guy he was an er doctor and we would yell and scream at each other, not my dad, but the rest of us would yell and scream at each other and then come back an hour later and act like nothing happened. So literally like, hey, what's for dinner? How'd the, how'd the bears do or whatever? And and no, no, con so there's zero conflict resolution. I learned how to stuff and avoid and carry that into, of course, I joined the army, go to West Point, go to Ranger School, become an infantry officer, learning nothing about emotions and feelings there, going to the business world for 20 some years, yeah. learn nothing about emotions and feelings there. So here I am in my third quarter of life and have absolutely zero clue about, about emotions and feelings. The second thing is the reason why, so number one, no one's been trained on it. Number two is emotions are not, it's not an easy language to learn. It's not, it's not uh, uh, like learning, I don't know, like, like, you know, it's, it's not, you know, English is hard, I'm sure, for a lot of the foreigners. It's not like, you know, Chinese is hard. Arabic is hard. Learning emotions is hard. And then for men, throwing the men component, men have been raised, at least, again, our, our generation, to, to hey, stop crying. Your crying's not going to help yeah, you. Yeah, my I'll, dad I'll... always told me that growing up. He's like, man, dried up. And, and when, when my dad passed away, I kind of felt that that same, you know, kind of that same thing around me, you know, as I was trying to process him, him dying. And it was like, man, dried up. We got work to do dried up. So I, I didn't mean to jump in there, but you, 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 you hit on that. But again, I think too, you were talking about the lack of training and a lack of awareness. That's the same thing. When I talk to people about intentional encouragement, a lot of people would just go, well, why should that apply to us or the same thing in business you know why should our employees and we'll go there in a few minutes why should our employees why should we check on their emotional well-being and their emotional quotient i gotta ask you this you talked about the third quarter of your life and i love that football analogy why do you think it takes some people to the second and third quarter because football teams are like that and I've watched my Bengals do that this year. You know, you mentioned the Bears. You know, the Bears were kicking their tails earlier this year because they kept turning the ball over and things like that. But in late in the game, Joe Burrow and those guys were within three points. I mean, they they had overcome those turnovers and they were driving to win that football game. Why do you think for some people it takes them till late in the game to figure out their emotional quotient or their emotional uh, well-being? Yeah. So, so, you know, again, we're not trained on it. Number two, again, it's hard. It's hard work. Getting emotionally fit is, is hard work. It's like, 
you know, if, you know, getting healthier physically is hard. Like you gotta, you gotta sweat. You gotta put in the time. You gotta put in the gym time. You gotta put in the miles. You gotta, you know, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You gotta put in mat time to, to, to get physically fit and healthy yeah. and, and the eating and everything else. Getting emotionally fit is not easy, especially when you don't speak the language. Um, you know, when you, when, you know, Hey, do this. Hey, let's do jujitsu together. Well, I've never done it before. I don't care. Do it anyway. Right. That's not, that's not super exciting for somebody that's never been trained on how to do jujitsu. Same thing with someone who's never been trained on how to do emotions and handle emotions and process emotions. Hey, you need to become emotionally fit. Well, I don't speak the emotional, I don't speak emotional language. Yeah. I don't care. Get emotionally fit. You know, so a lot of people, again, it's, it's, they don't have the awareness. They don't know, but again, it's also, it's not hard. It's not, I mean, it's not easy and it's not sexy, right? It's, it's not, it's not necessarily fun work either, but it is so worth it getting emotionally healthier on the other end. Every single area of my life has changed as a result of me getting emotionally healthier. And so that, that's a great, that's a great thought that you bring up there because a lot of people, you know, we talk about getting fit externally i know when when i had weight loss surgery and i lost a ton of weight people are like man you look so good those same people were not like when i was 350 pounds they weren't like hey brian you look awesome have another cheeseburger you know go get a big go get you another big mac man you deserve it you look great they weren't telling me that i know people were secretly going man this guy's eating himself to death you know i'm afraid he's gonna i'm afraid he's gonna have a heart attack or something like that we look at the outside of people and it's not no but what what really i guess what perplexes me and again in this in this times that we're in they're like well if, you know you got to talk at you got to talk to somebody you got to do this you got to do that i don't think people realize that vulnerability is not it doesn't just flow like a river like you see these PSAs, these public service announcements, like well, if you're fighting mental health issues, you, that's easy for you to say because it's a PSA, but somebody may go, you know what? I'm the CEO of a company. And if I talk to somebody, I don't want my employees thinking that, you know, the company is going in, a, in the wrong direction or they feel like they have the weight of the world on them and if they say something or if they tell a story if they're if they're not if they're emotionally vulnerable that that shows weakness so how do we get ourselves to that place where we push that thought and that thinking aside and say you know dog on it i got i got to connect with myself emotionally because you know again if you need to lose, it's easier to tell somebody they need to lose 50 pounds than it is to tell somebody they need to, to unburden themselves with any emotional baggage. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is we become functionally dysfunctional. It's almost like a, a functional alcoholic. We become a functional, emotionally dysfunctional person, right? So the, we have all, and we wonder why there's so much dysfunction going on in the world today. We have all these emotionally injured people that have never healed or worked on their, their emotional injuries. And again, we wonder why all, there, there's all this issues going on. Everyone's walking around emotionally limping, emotionally bleeding, emotionally hurting, broken. Well, it's the same way like people try to hide their scars. You know, like they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll wear, you know, if somebody's got a scar on their arm or something like that, they'll wear a long sleeve shirt all the time or, you know, try to try to put something on to hide the scars that they have. You know, and, and I think people, I think we're just conditioned for some reason, Noble, 
we're conditioned in our world to hide the scars. Why? 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 Why do that? What? What is the benefit of that? Let me forgive me for asking it that way. Let me ask it this way. What is the perceived benefit? Because it's not a benefit, right? I mean, it's not a benefit of hiding what's underneath there. But why do you feel like people think that that it's best to just hide those scars instead of talking about them and getting it out? Why did Adam and Eve cover themselves after they sinned? Yeah, because they were naked. They knew they were naked. But but they but didn't they know they were naked before they sinned? Yeah, they didn't have that knowledge because you know they didn't have that knowledge of it. Right. So so they started to try to hide themselves even back then. We we are so concerned in in image and how we you know how we come across to people and that kind of thing. That's another thing. I, I was a people pleaser addict for most of my life, and thank God I'm a recovering people pleaser addict now. And uh, but that's another big one where I, I don't I don't care anymore what you know what people's opinion is, is of me. But that's that's been again that's that was a lot of of work to work through to get to that point where hey look I, in fact this is so funny uh, Brian so so I I did my wins of 2021. On, on my social media, on LinkedIn and Facebook, I had all my wins. And then a couple weeks later, I posted my failures on Facebook. I still have to post my failures of 2021 on, on LinkedIn. And it's so funny. They got this massive <laughs> response because I've got a truckload of failures. And, and I, my, my preface was, look, I don't want people to think that I've got this Instagram lifestyle that everything is rainbows and unicorns and skittle farts. I got yeah. junk in my trunk that I'm still working through. Right. And so well, that's I'm not the biggest piece of encouragement, Noble. Forgive me for jump. That's the biggest piece of encouragement a lot of times for people is to see that somebody else has walked that road along with them. You know, like crap, I'm not the only one that has that has stumbled and fell that way. And that's why we do the podcast, is because I want to tell the stories of people like you that have that emotional junk in their trunk that have survived some some stuff and have come out on the other side and they're saying listen if god brought me out of the other side of this he can bring you out of the other side of this so yeah man i i love that and i think too many times noble we like to hit the like button on the social to go Oh, that's nice. Good job, Noble. You succeeded in 2020. You did the golf clap. Like, good for you, Noble. I almost feel like you want to pat somebody on the head. Remember Benny Hill? Remember the Benny Hill show? He pat the little ball guy on the head. Like, good for you. But nobody wants to walk with us through the failures. Like, oh, oh sorry about that, dude. You fumbled the ball. Oh, man. Coach is going to bench you. Oh, you know. And so I love that, man. Real quick before we go to break. What do you see as the number one reason why my most people and most businesses, most leaders are so afraid to get in touch with their EQ? It's, it's uncomfortable and it's hard work. That would be what I would say. It's uncomfortable and it's hard work and they don't know. They don't know how to, how to start. They don't know what to do. They've never been trained. Man, that is so good. Let's step aside, take a break. We come back. I want to dive into becoming an eq gangster all right we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna you know i i don't want to i i almost feel like we should get jiggy with it but we're not gonna do that you know we're, we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it 100 for the kids out there 
But I'm telling you what, what a powerful conversation. And a little bit later, we're going we're gonna to tell Noble's incredible story. But when we come back, we're going to talk about being an EQ gangster. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this fascinating conversation. My guest, the EQ gangster, Noble Gibbons, joins me on the Intentional Courage Podcast. You come back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car. Whatever it is you want to do, financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done take this full time as well go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash l backslash premium pfp and oh by the way this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Noble, we dove into a lot of stuff before the break. We dove into a, a, quite a bit of stuff. And, and man, thank you for flowing with that conversation. But now let's get into, let's get into um, why the EQ Gangster brand. What, 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 take me through, you probably have been asked this before, but I want to know the V8 moment that you had. Because I can kind of remember mine like, oh, the intentional encourager. What, for you, what was, that e, what was that V8 moment like? There it is, man. There, there it is, the EQ Gangster. Take me through that moment. So I've got three circles of influence. I've got military circle of influence. I've got homeschool circle of influence because we've been homeschooling for 10, 14 years now. And then I've got a an entrepreneur business uh, circle of influence. And because we've been entrepreneurs the longest of all of those, I said, well, let's start with, we started with EQ for Entrepreneurs for the name of our podcast. And we did that for probably uh, six, eight, 12 months. I don't remember exactly. And then a lot of my clients, because we, we put together a course, an eight-week course to teach emotional intelligence. A lot of our clients were not entrepreneurs. And so I finally called up one of my buddies who's a branding expert, a guy named Alika Freitas. He's got a company called Fanfare. And I asked him, I said, Alika, you've been following my journey for a number of years now. How do I need to rebrand? What, what, who, how am I unique in this space? And he said, Noble, he said, how many big, bald, bearded, tattooed, former army rangers that were emotionally clueless are now teaching emotional intelligence? I said, probably not too many. He said, well, he said, every time I talk to you about somebody, I talk to you. Yeah, I talk to somebody about you. He said, I call you. You're the gay. This guy's the gangster of EQ. He's like, dude, that's it. You're the EQ gangster. And so that's how that's how it all started. There's just not many big, bald, bearded, tattooed, former army 
Rangers that are emotionally clueless that are you not mean you're not the OG <laughs> EQ gangster you know come on right, man that's you right. know for the for the kids out there the OG you know that see that's what you call somebody listen I I have come to figure it out now I've come to realize it as as I as I barreled to to age fifty when somebody younger calls you an OG what they're telling you is it's OG stands for old guy. <laughs> what it stands for man not original gangster anymore man og stands for old guy That's or right. old goat or old geezer something like that but no that is so cool man when we you know and and again we have had such a negative connotation over the years of the word gangster right yeah. because you know it's either it's either vote promoting violence or or it's promoting something else and again i'm not trying to stereotype or anything like that it's just the word gangster has always had a negative connotation. When you think about what the word gangster means to you and how it applies to how you help people, how do you redefine the word gangster? So a, a couple of things. Uh, so it, 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 the name and the, the image makes it very approachable and a low barrier to entry for men specifically. Now I work with, there's a, a lot of women that I work with as well, Yeah. but a lot of men, like there's definitely their, the, the appeal, the curb appeal, so to speak with the name for, for me, you know, just, you know, the EQ gangster is somebody that is willing to do very hard work, right? Someone that's willing to do very hard work and un unorthodox, you know, dealing with working with, emotions is again is is kind of it shouldn't be and it's funny even saying this but it's 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 unorthodox like most people are not are not working on this stuff most people yeah. don't have an emotional fitness program and so an eq gangster is somebody that is willing to do the hard work unorthodox work of working on their emotions and and sticking with it and and again doing that that hard sometimes dirty work which dealing with emotions and stuff oftentimes is, is is dirty work yeah and and here's the thing and here's what i'll say about that and, and i want to take a step forward with that i love what you said there because again the, the the negative stereotypical connotation you're right is that gangsters do dirty work you know they're into crime and things like that and again i'm trying not to stereotype but but i'm i want to pull out I want to pull out the 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 crux of of the work that you do because in everything that and you, you talked about getting with the branding expert and I think that's that's brilliant because there's got to be if I went around I said I'm the intentional I've got the intentional encourager podcast but I slammed people all the time be like dude you're a, you're a hypocrite man you know why would you have that no oh, it's just it sounds cool something like that but there really is some some deep powerful meaning in in the name eq gangster when you have thought about the work that you've done what's the one thing that surprised you about it and you said man i didn't know when i started this that i would end up doing this kind of work i just thought it was trying to help people i'm trying to get people tagged into emotional their emotional well-being 
But was there something about the work you've done, like, man, I didn't figure it was going to be like that, or I didn't realize that there was going to be that involved to it? Yeah, gr great question. So a couple of things. One I would say is I I'm still, and I tell all my executives that I work with, the, the, the leaders and stuff that I work with, I'm still very much on this journey. So I am not I am not in this space as the PH, Harvard PhD in behavioral psychology in helping you fix your stuff. I am the guy that is very much in the journey right alongside you, maybe four years ahead of you in the journey, but still very much on I-95. Man, I don't think you want people that are that are just that, that have got it all figured out in quotation marks. I I I mean, for me, I want to walk alongside of the guy like yourself that goes. Man, Brian, I'll lead you and I'll help you, but I'm a step or two ahead of you. I'm not miles ahead of you. Right. I, right. I'm a I'm a step because to there there's no connection there. There's no, you know, if 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 you say to yourself, I've got it all figured out, you're the last person I want to I want to have anything to do <laughs> that's, with. That's right. You're the last person if you and, and and noble. Let me go here for a second, if you don't mind. There are so many people out there that coin themselves experts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you may be talking, you know, I would consider myself an expert on encouragement, but there is no way on God's green earth that I'm going to label myself an expert because I don't have everything. To me, an expert is I've got just about everything on this thing figured out. And we were talking football a minute ago. Bill Belichick is probably the closest thing to an expert in football that you will find and they just got their butts beat by the buffalo bills 47 to 14 last week as we record this so you know belichick as much as he knows about football and as great as he's been six super bowls and, and things like that man there are there are years that he's got to figure it out on the fly so let me go here for just a second what's the biggest reason that people think about emotional well-being is it a misnomer to think that it that it's impossible to figure it out on the fly i hope i and i hope i asked that question correctly because i would think emotional well-being a lot of that is figuring it out on the fly sure so so uh so I'll answer it this way. So my when I first went to counseling, I, I yelled at my wife three times in three weeks after 20 years of marriage. And she said three things. Number one, don't ever do that again. Number two, you've never done that before, which means number three, you've got issues. We went to counseling and my counselor said, hey, Noble, let me teach you these two revolutionary new concepts called feelings and emotions. And I was like, what yeah. in the world? This Harry Potter voodoo sorcery are you teaching me? And you know, and, and when I was talking to him, he was 66 years old at the time. So a few years ago, he said, he said, Noble, I still do two to three emotional exercises every single day. Now, this guy is the emotional Yoda. This guy literally had 25,000 hours of counseling couples and, and individuals. He'd been doing it for 30 or 40 years. And this guy, and I said, did you say that you still do three to two to three emotional exercises a day? He's like, He's like, no, well, absolutely. He said, there's still stuff from my past I'm working through. And number two, emotional injuries don't stop. Like there, you, you may have gotten emotionally injured today from somebody. Maybe, you know what I mean? So he's like, you're always working on it. So it really helped manage my expectations and set my expectations with this is that I'm emotionally healthier, but I'm not, but I never say that I'm emotionally healthy. 
I just say that I'm emotionally healthier because it's an ongoing journey. Like when, when should you stop reading the Bible? When should you stop exercising? What never, like you should always do your spiritual fitness. You should always do your physical fitness. And I'm just the champ trying to champion. We should also always be doing emotional fitness. I love what you said there because I look at guys who are former offensive linemen that retire from the NFL and they lose a ton of weight. Like they, all this time to play offensive line, they had to be 300, 310, 320, 330. And then they stopped playing football. Um, one comes to mind is a guy named Joe Thomas. He played tackle for the Browns for 10 or 11 years, hall of fame tackle. And you look at Joe Thomas today, he, he lost like a hundred pounds. Wow. You know, after he played, after he stopped playing football, because he didn't have to pack all these things around, he started shedding weight that he didn't need. And 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 Noble, we'll get into that part of your story here in a minute. It sounds like to me that with emotional well-being, the first thing to start doing is to start shedding some weight emotionally. How hard is it for people to start shedding weight emotionally? So, okay, that's a good question, Brian. So, um, so it, it, okay, so let me, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So I'll answer it this way. So it's very easy to start a, an emotional fitness program. It takes time, just like in physical fitness, it takes time for that to see, to feel the effects and see the effects of losing emotional fat. Mm -hmm. Just like, again, I start, you know, my physical fitness program, you know, I may not see results for 90 days, so to speak, right? So, but I'm, but I'm, but it's, but I'm getting healthier, da, da, da. So here's my analogy. So I call it go aped. So here's an emotional fitness program looks like it's, I call it go aped, A-P-E-D. And I use that acronym and analogy for this reason. When I was a little kid, and this for many of us, but this is my story, when I was a little kid, Again, in my family, we never talk about emotions and feelings. I would stuff them. So it's fine when you're stuffing all your emotional injuries and you're feeding this cute, furry, fuzzy little monkey that you kind of lock in the basement, again, as a stuffer and avoider. So boom, but when you, after year after year, decade after decade of emotional injuries that you're feeding to this cute, furry, fuzzy little monkey, when you do that for four decades like me, this guy's an 800-pound gorilla now. Well, and why did I yell at my wife? Because I could no longer control that emotional gorilla that I'd been feeding in the basement that I tried to kept lock out of the basement under lock and key. He, he, he finally let himself out. That's when I yelled at my wife three times in three weeks. And so that go aped is acknowledge your emotions. And I recommend there's two ways that I, that I recommend folks do that. I have an app. It's not my app, but it's an app that I use with all my executive clients called Mood Meter. Download the Mood Meter app. It's 99 cents on the app store. It's not mine. I don't know whose it is, but it's a great, great app to develop self-awareness. So acknowledge is use that Mood Meter app. Also, you can print off Google uh, Emotion Wheel. And it's an emotion wheel. If you're on YouTube, you're watching this, that's what it looks like, the emotion wheel. You doubt, you, you print that out, stick it on your desk at, at work, stick it at your, your refrigerator at home and, and start growing your emotional vocabulary. Also listen to my podcast to help grow your emotional vocabulary. That's A, acknowledge your emotions. P is permission to feel. Give yourself permission to feel each of those emotions. A, a psychologist for 30, 40 years said it takes the body 
60 to 90 seconds to feel an emotion. So set your alarm, allow yourself to feel each of those emotions that you acknowledge in the A. So APE is express journal. There's all kinds of research on the power and the catharsis, the healing power of journaling. That's AE, APE. And then the final one, the D is discuss discuss your emotions with somebody else but again the disclaimer or the the thing to be aware of is make sure that whoever you're discussing with that it's that they're safe and they're not judging you that they're a safe place for you to express your emotions so a-p-e-d acknowledge permission to feel express and discuss man i love that i love that let's step aside and take a break because i really want to get into your story because you, you, you've alluded to a couple of things in it. So I want to make sure that we save the time and the room that we need to go into your story. My guest is the EQ gangster, Noble Gibbons. Joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast, you're not going to want to miss the rest of this conversation. Come back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I want to take a moment and tell you about my friend Harry Spate and his new book, Selling with Dignity. Harry has taken an age-old concept of sales and he's put a new twist to it and I love the direction that he's taken with Selling with Dignity. And here's what's encouraging about Harry's book. Instead of viewing people as numbers and machines, salespeople are now given the tools and the encouragement to be dignified in their approach. Here's what Harry says. He says, selling is an honorable profession when it's done right. When sellers feel Feel they're valuable and have integrity and respect. This opens the door for better conversations and eventually relationship. This book puts an end to sleazy sales tactics and proves why selling with dignity can be done and it leads to massive success. And I couldn't agree more. Go to sellingwithdignity.com, get your copy today. And if you want Harry to sign it, he'll do that for you. Again, go to sellingwithdignity.com and pick up your copy today of the new book by Harry Spate, Selling with Dignity. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional encourage your podcast noble let's get into your story man i promise as 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 a as diametrically opposed as the the last few minutes have gone i promise i will not jump in unless just something hits me and i'm like man i gotta ask this i gotta follow up but take me through your story if you would so so I, again, my my I think I shared some of this, but my mom was a Hispanic lady, a four foot ten little Hispanic lady. Uh, we call her the Tasmanian Angel, and and my dad was a big was an ER doctor. He was a big giant guy, teddy bear. But in my house, we would yell and scream at each other, and again, there was no conflict resolution. So I learned very early from a very early age, as long as early as I can remember, how to stuff and avoid my emotions. And and so then from there, I went into the military, I went to ranger school, airborne school, learned how to jump out of airplanes, one of the 82nd Airborne Division. And in the infantry, we're not talking about feelings and emotions. Then I get into the business world, not talking about feelings and emotions. So two things happened. Well, and, and then at the age of, of 30, I became financially independent. 30 years old, became financially independent. So now we replaced my, my wife's income, replaced my income at 30 years old. And and so don't have need a job anymore. But the whole reason I did it was because I was emotionally dysfunctional. I was emotionally needy. I had toxic positivity. I was emotionally codependent. I was a people pleaser addict. And so all of those, that emotional dysfunction led me to becoming emotionally, to, be, to becoming financially independent. But for me, in my opinion, this is what I tell people a lot is I, emotional independence without fi, financial independence, without emotional independence is still bondage. 
financial independence without emotional independence is still bondage. And so I encourage people again to get to to get your emotional health, emotional fitness, emotional freedom, uh, which is as important, or my you know I think it's even more important than than financial independence, um, because and, and there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of reasons why why you're you're having a tough time getting financial independence. No, or, well or I gotta ask you this real quick. You, you said something there that 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 intrigues me. You said you were a, 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 a and, and forgive me if I'm if I'm misquoting. But you talked about and 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 and, and if and if I'm putting these two terminologies together, forgive me. It sounds like you were a toxic people pleaser. Oh, it was toxic bro. to you. Okay, so with that having been said, that kind of is diametrically opposite to being financially independent because to do that, you got to go, I am going to do this for me and my family, and I don't care who loves it, likes it, hates it, whatever. And on the other side is, but if I quit my job, this person's not going to like me, and I'm going to have all this stuff. And I mean, it seems like there were two diametrically opposing forces there to getting you to financial independence. Did you ever feel like as you were making that transition and 30 years old, that's stout to, to getting that done. Did you ever feel that, that, that people pleasing thing going, well, this is what you want to do, but man, you're going to disappoint this person that hired you and you're going to, you know, your wife's going to be stressed because she's not going to know how the bills are going to be paid. And I mean, were there ever those two forces fighting each other as you were making that move to independence? No. So this is, this is probably a whole nother, whole nother conversation for another day, but it was a business cult. So I was in a business cult for 20 years and because of the power of, of the business cult and the dynamic, the, the very emotionally unhealthy culture of the business cult combined with my emotional cluelessness, uh, it, it was the perfect recipe for an emotionally clueless, emotionally needy, emotionally codependent, toxic positivity guy to to thrive in. Oddly enough, and so they created such a such a. It was the uh, perfect storm for where you were in your life. Correct. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's exactly right. And so so then to just kind of finish out the story there. So you know I already told you I'm going to yell at my wife, but then there was something else that was going on in parallel that had, was unrelated to me yelling at my wife. Is we came across a hardcore narcissist that was part of our our business team. And I had never experienced, I had never met a narcissist before. Of course, I wasn't emotionally aware enough to even understand what narcissism was until this guy who made it very, very crystal clear. He was controlling, manipulating everybody around, including, including me. And I'm like, okay, this is not, I, and here's what's crazy. I, I, I used to enable him because I, you know, Mr. Positivity, toxic positivity, all these people would come and complain to me about how, how narcissistic this guy was and how he's controlling, manipulating them. I'm like, no, no, he, he's just a strong personality. I would defend him and I would enable. Does that surprise you that you did that? Because I, I'm kind of thinking and putting myself in that moment. You're training from the army. There's no narcissism in the army. Like going into rangers. Really? Really, take, 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 okay, take me through that because here's what I'm trying to do. And, 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 and the reason I ask that is, is that you would think, and, and again, from the outside in, this is why I say that, is that you guys are told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. When you get an order, it's, you got to follow that order. 
that's where I'm saying that's that was the the perception that I had about that because you're thinking to yourself, okay, I, you know, I, I can't have an ego because this this sergeant over here is telling me that I'm a piece of crap, you know, or I'm not doing it correctly. Man, expound on that for a minute. Tell me where. Tell me how I'm wrong about that because I would think to myself, okay. Man, you you you've gone through airborne school. You've gone through Army Ranger school. You should know how to deal with with narcissism, because, I mean, from the time you join the army, they tell you how worthless you are, or things like that, or that's that what you know what people the horror stories of basic training. Tell me where I'm wrong, man. Yeah. So, we, and this is the same thing with corporate America. Any organization that is rank based or position based or title based. Right, John Maxwell called you know the five the five levels of leadership. That first, that lowest level of leadership is called positional leadership, which the army runs off of, the corporate America runs off of. Any core, any bureaucratic, uh, rank based, position title based structure, corporate structure, leads to a, a it's a power structure. If if I have more power than you, right? So if you give an emotionally unhealthy person power and rank, unquestionable, unaccount. You don't, you don't, and, and, you know, you don't question the, your, your command. You don't ever question your commander ever. It's right? a bad it's, day, oh, right? It's well, a real you, bad day. They can say, oh, you know, I have an open door policy. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's, that's been brief. If I open the door, you can walk in it. If I tell you, you can walk in it. Yeah. That's right. And, yeah. and, and, and they want to hear rainbows and unicorns. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of emotionally unhealthy leaders in the military, a lot of emotionally unhealthy leaders in corporate America. And again, you know, again, combine that uh, with, with power and, and rank and no accountability. And you've got, you know, some very emotionally unhealthy organizations out there. And so you're dealing with this narcissistic big personality and you're seeing that it's just, it's, it's not healthy. Is it one moment or is it a series of moments oh, where no, you this go, is, man, you, this has got to change and it's got to change right now. You know, it was it was over it was over a year that we were maybe it's a couple of years that we were having to deal with him, and and again it was still when I was when I was emotionally unhealthy, so I didn't handle it right. I you know, but it, that started between when I yelled at my wife and dealing with this guy, uh, you know, that's when we went to counseling, and then as soon as we started to get healthier emotional, I'm like, oh, okay, no, no, this is way messed up, and that's what gave me the awareness. Be like this environment that I've been operating in for 20 years is 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 messed up, and when I started going to my quote unquote chain of command in the, in the business call. Um, I, I got gaslighted. Oh, no, well, it's just you. There's nothing to see here. Every winning organization has the same, the same characteristics and traits. I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm out because I'm, I'm not getting gaslighted. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that, that's, that was kind of my story of how I got on this whole, you know, EQ train and started to get emotionally healthy. And again, still very much on, on my emotional fitness program to get as healthy as I can be emotionally. I've got two more questions for you and I so appreciate your time. Share with me the biggest obstacle that you faced either professionally or personally in getting to that point. Was there a, was there a burning bush kind of moment for you? Like, Oh man, this has got to change right now or something bad's about to happen. 
Yeah. So again, just my, just the, the, the massive acknowledgement of my emotional immaturity. So there's two, two, uh, and there was another story too, that I forgot to tell you. So one was, so when I yelled at, yelled at my wife again, the third time, she's like, dude, this is not how you roll. Like what's going on with you. You got issues. Right. But then there was another time, right. Shortly before that, my daughter was, was like 10 at the time. And uh, she, I don't even remember what happened, but so, like it was raining outside, we, you know, it was nighttime in our living room and all of a sudden she just starts, she flips out. I'm talking like on a Richter scale. She was like 10. She was complete meltdown, freaking out. Excuse me. Well, because I was emotionally uh, immature and, and had no awareness when she went to an emotional 10, I immediately went to an emotional 10. I, I so she freaked out. I freaked out and flipped out and, and it, and I, I literally had to physically remove myself from the room because I was, I, I, I had, I completely lost control. I was completely emotionally hijacked, completely emotionally triggered. And I, I was, I was shaken. I was so scared. Like, oh my gosh, like if I can't control myself, what crap I could, I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt yeah. my daughter. Like what's wrong with me? Like there's something seriously wrong with me when I can't control what's going on anymore, like something's up. And so that, that was like, okay, I, I need, I need help big time. Man, again, been there, done that. I mean, I, I you know, I'm so, this has been such powerful conversation because I think we could all see moments in our life like that. So share with me your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for folks out there. So unaddressed, uh, unaddressed emotions don't get better over time. They actually compound unaddressed emotions do not get better over time. They actually compound. If you don't deal with your emotional injuries and your emotional issues, your friends, family, and coworkers will be forced to. If you don't deal with your emotional injuries, your friends, family, and coworkers will be forced to. And the last one, emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally. Emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally you are worth be getting your best self becoming your best self becoming all that god wants you to be by becoming healthier emotionally man that is so good noble tell people where they can find you connect with you on social media uh man i know people are going to want to connect with you sure thanks brian so eqgangster.com is our website Social media is EQ Gangster, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Noble Gibbons, also N-O-B-L-E-G-I-B-B-E-N-S on LinkedIn, Facebook, also uh, a lot of different spots, but EQGangster.com is our website and they can, they can reach us, reach us from there. Man, Noble Gibbons, this has been incredible conversation and, and man, thank you one for being transparent and two for, for sharing with us a very, very important thing. I, I wasn't aware of this until today, man. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Thanks, Brian. You rock, brother. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.